What's up, ladies and gentlemen? How you doing? Hope you're having a fantastic weekend so far. Hope you've had a great week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the 39th episode of the Footballers Journey podcast, where I interview other pro footballers to see their behind the scenes, their day in the life, their habits, and what they do to make them such a special player and a special person. Today we got Zev Taubliban originally from Malibu, California, who is currently playing for Atvitaberi FF in Sweden. Zev played his college soccer at Valparaiso in Indiana before signing his first pro contract with the Sacramento Republic in the USL after impressing at an open combine. Zev has also got a podcast and an Instagram of his own. I want you guys to check that out after the episode. I'll drop the link. Enjoy this episode. Brother. Brother, we're live. Yes, take two. Let's go. Take take two. This is like take <laughs> Take seven or eight, man. Take seven or eight. We've been at this for months. Yeah. But uh, yeah, bro. I mean, um, if you could just introduce yourself real quick, uh, your name, how old you are, where you're originally from. Uh, where you're currently playing, uh, your position, and then we'll just get into it. Sounds good. My name is Zeb Taubleib. I am from Malibu, California. I am 26. I currently play in Sweden with a team called Odvidabedi FF. I played in the USL for three years with Sacramento Republic, Wilmington Hammerheads, and Charlotte Independence. And I'm a big fan of your boy, Rick Fit, over here. He's been a big help in regards to my nutrition, my workout plans. I think what's ironic is like, and I've learned this from Joe a lot, is like amongst comedians, you know, they're always, at first they said there was like, they didn't want anyone else to do well because that would be like your spot mm-hmm. on HBO or Showtime or whatever show. But now, now especially, and this is true, worldwide and in america there's so many more teams that like we all want each other to do well and ultimately the more people like if i say to a buddy oh my buddy eric he's playing in israel somebody goes oh he has buddy zeb maybe he should come or i go oh Mm -hmm. i have buddy eric maybe like so you want Mm -hmm. everyone to do well of course especially if they're good people yeah good people it's true it's just no different you're like worst case i mean we're all of x level now it's, are you going to be a dick if the coach tells you to, like, sit on the bench? Because then Absolutely. I don't really recommend you because then I, you know, then that's my name on the line. Absolutely. I talked about this specifically with Jared. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, at the end of the day, the most important thing um, is to just be a, a good a good dude and be a true professional. Be disciplined. Do what you need to do on the pitch. Get the job done. And, you know be a good dude and you'll always be thought of when someone needs a defensive midfielder, when someone needs an outside back, you know, and I think that's very underrated. I'm glad you brought that point up in the beginning. I think it's very underrated. Everyone's looking like, just like um, in terms of losing weight or whatever it is, everyone's looking for a quick fix. But I think one of the most important things in the industry is building long-term friendships with people who want the same thing as you. Uh, who are going to have your back. And at the end of the day, you know, you just got to be responsible, be a professional and build a good reputation. If you want to have a lasting career and a long career in this industry. 
agree. And I have a good example. There was um, I played at the Sounders PDL team, and there was a guy named named Darren Swatsky, and he mm-hmm. told me he goes, look, at some point he did something in the Seattle Sounders world, and he was coaching at Seattle Sounders, and the under twenty three team is kind of separate. People don't know mm-hmm. that because we wear the jersey, but it's owned by somebody else. And wow. he worked in Seattle as a coach, and he helped. He's kind of the guy that picked out Yedlin. He was kind of the mm-hmm. guy that got wow. And he told me, he goes, look, the ladder is the same ladder on the way up. It's the same one you take on the way down. So whoever mm-hmm. you piss off on the way up, you're going to beat them on the way down. And For sure. what's funny is since then, he took over at FC Tucson, and then there was some – I was obviously – he was interested in me there, and then I ended up signing here. And then this offseason, he signed at Richmond, and there was an mm-hmm. offer on the table there. And the point is that that this is now – I played in Seattle in 2013. I started wow. talking to him again now in 2019. Um, that's, you know, that, that's crazy. That's how the sport works. It's a really small world, and people kind of just go around in circles for the most part. Some people go up and down. But you're definitely going to run into the same people. Yeah, I got to ask you this. This is uh, it's football related, but also not. And I'm sure you're all right with that. So I was looking at your Instagram, and mm-hmm. actually, I should I should preface it with this. There's this guy whose name is escaping me. I'm going to look it up. Cardrone. He's like a a, a Tony Robbins esque guy. And those. Ah, guys, is he like in the in the real estate? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he comes off. You know, he comes off as... Grant guy. Cardone. Thank you. That's him. Grant Cardone. And I was watching... I started to like his stuff. He had his wife was on another podcast, and they were telling the story about how they met. And he was very persistent in order to eventually get his wife. And it was a good story. So I was listening mm-hmm. to that. So I started following him. And in 2013, he said, if you can get half of the country to hate you... This is in 2013. If you can get mm-hmm. half of the country to hate you, you'll become president of the United States. And he was right. Like, yeah. I couldn't yeah. believe when I heard those words, I was like, wow. what? In 2013, yeah. he said that? Like, that was, I couldn't believe it. And he was pitching. It's about like, building a media presence. Right. But he was pitching like, you know, be, you know, four things that you should work on. And they were, some of them were obvious, be persistent and work hard. And then he said, haters. You want lots of haters. You don't want mm-hmm, people that mm-hmm. just don't listen to you. You want people that hate you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the reason I bring that up is because, not that anybody should hate you because I love you, but there's some haters on your on your Instagram. And I thought, first of all, it's so easy to criticize. Like it's so I had somebody look, I, I'm gonna give a shout out at the end of this to, to my podcast. But I had a guy send me a message. Shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug. What did you say? Did you ask about the Z Next Step experience? Oh, thanks, friend. <laughs> um is this guy he sent me a message like oh this is audio whatever and he's right to be honest it needs improvement but it's just easy to criticize and i saw a little bit about the politics stuff and i thought i couldn't believe what i was reading to be honest like with that stuff mm-hmm. i couldn't believe it well, what do you think about that when that happens yeah. like, it's super sad honestly like really sad mm-hmm. yeah let me preface it with this uh first of all uh, i'm super grateful for the thirty-five thousand followers that i have uh, I'm grateful that people want to hear my words. They want to read my words. They want to look at me, look at my stuff. They like it. They share it. They help. They share it to their friends, their family. They take it. They apply it to their life. And I would say 
this is why I never, you know, I don't really like expose any negative comments or content because I really don't get it a lot. Uh, so I would say 95%, 95 to 98% of the messages that I get and the comments that I get are positive, right? Mm-hmm. But two to 5%, are negative. They're hateful. Um, they're all you're doing is giving advice on how to eat and exercise. How, what are they hating? Exactly. And you know, the thing yesterday with the Western wall was, was, you know, amazing to me because I didn't post anything saying anything, uh, one religion against the other, who was right. My political stance on anything. I just posted myself in front of the Western wall and said, stand up for who you are. And that's it. And people want to put words in, in, in my mouth. Um, but that's just how it is. That's life, man. And honestly, that's why I never, you know, and I really want to, after seeing those comments and replies to my stories, I want to get into it within the next year, talking about how, yes, politics plays a big role in your life as an individual. But why did I get into this industry in the first place? Because you control your own destiny. For the most part, you control your life. Obviously, there's, there's, there's other things that come into play. But like I say, control what you can control and leave the rest up to you know, the mighty power, whatever you want to believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the main thing that I talk about is your development on the football pitch is up to you. It's in your, in your own hands. Your health is in your own hands. You know, there's so many things that are in your own hands. And I think people, and you'll notice this, you know, you know, we're disciplined players, disciplined professional players. We get things done. But there are also a lot of players who don't get things done and they want to make excuses for this and that. And, yes, football is a very political game. There's a lot of, uh, you know, ties that people have and connections. But at the end of the day, like, I'm pointing like to politics in general. When you look at a country, people want to blame politics, but I think everything takes place in, in someone's household. It's, it's looking yourself in the mirror and telling your truth, telling the truth to yourself every single day and not lying to yourself. When you don't lie to yourself and you take your own development as a person as an athlete, as a footballer, whatever you do, as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, in your own hands. And you, you can craft your own destiny. Yes, there are some, there, there is a, a role that politics play, for sure. I'm not denying that. But I think a lot of people who want to bash this and that, they don't have the ability to look in the mirror and, and take their life in control because it's very hard taking full responsibility, being very respectful of yourself and others is very hard, but I know it will change people's lives. And that's why I got into the industry because it's so powerful. When you develop yourself, you can develop the world. You know, I think Gandhi said some quote, you know, if you want to change the world, start with yourself. It's that simple. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree, but one of the, okay. To, to, on top of that, on here, you say, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate for a second. Yeah. Okay, stand up for who you are in front of the Western Wall. I mean, that basically says that you think the correct side won. That's what, that's what it would read into. Would you agree or disagree? No, I think people, I, I think people, are, uh, I think people are reading too deep into that. 
Okay, that's I, I, I'm referring to stand up to who you are, for who you are is, you know, always be yourself. Like, it's not, it's not even getting into religious uh, aspects of things. It's, it's, it's always be yourself and, and don't change for others. Good. And I think there's, a, there's one podcast, this is not the same level of extremity, but you know who Alex Jones is? I think I've heard of him. Okay. What is it? That, that was the guy who was on Rogan about veganism. Yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. This guy's about this guy's about the conspiracies of the conspiracy. Ah, like, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a nut. Yeah, I've heard him. And he was on Joe for like six hours or something. But <laughs> that guy, and look, I'm not supporting him by any means, but that guy said some things about the Sandy Hook shooting. He said it was fake, basically, which is really fucked really? up. And mm-hmm. he then came on Joe's show and explained what he meant, which didn't do him any justice because he still sounded insane. But mm-hmm. the point is that what's lovely about this format of podcast is, look, I'm on your, I'm Jewish. So like when I look at this, I go stand up where you are. Like, that's great. But I will say that I could see how somebody would go. He's at the Western wall. He's in Jerusalem. He's in Israel all the time. He's basically saying the right side won and mm-hmm. stand up for being that. Now, look, I agree with you. It, it shouldn't be read into that way, but that's what's great yeah. about the podcast is you, is your explanation was wonderful. You can go in deep. Yeah, your, yeah. Wonder, your explanation was, look, I'm just saying the Western Wall stands for the fact that people stood up for what they believed in, and I believe the same, that you should stand mm-hmm. up for who you are because you should believe in yourself. Makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But you can see, and like I, what I was, the reason I brought up the haters thing is from a pure, obviously, what's, I, you mentioned it the other day when we spoke, your popularity comes from the fact that you genuinely want to give information that helps people. Like you're not in it just mm-hmm. to become a gajillionaire and mm-hmm. you genuinely want information. At the same time, what I was just interested in is, and something that I've been thinking about a little bit in terms of wanting mm-hmm. to gain a bit of a following is the idea of having haters can help you in, in yeah. terms of gaining a following. Now, of course, because you, you take a stance on, th- on you take something. A stance on something. And I was always under the impression that, and I kind of grew up in this way, my mother kind of didn't take any stance. My father took a stance and I would meet people who would come up to me, you know, when I was working for them and be like, I hate your father. And I was like, Jesus, like why? And then yeah. like, you know, they would say something and I go, well, I, well, I disagree with you. Like, I think my father's right because he took a stance and believed in what he believed in. And right. I really respect that. So in your case, you're taking a stance for help. You don't take your shit. If somebody's like, well, I'm lazy, you go, well, then you're not, you know, don't work with me because I mm-hmm. demand excellence. And that's taking stance, and that's very inspiring. Uh, and I had one other thought, which was to add on to that yeah, in terms of you know, yesterday I was on was on the train, and my friend David, you know, I told you about him, David Abendor, He also plays over here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was I was speaking to a client, and he he's he's I told him this yesterday. He's such a good um, like a paparazzi catching the right situations at the right time. He's always got his phone out at the right time. It's not like he's always on his phone. But at the right time, he's always got it out, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I, I'm just um, mentioning this because, you know, yesterday I was, um, you know, I had this one client. Uh, you know, I told you that I do a subscription service. I do one-on-one coaching. So I had this one client sign up on Friday. And I like to get my, I get my, you know, I always tell my clients, give me two to three business days maximum. But I want results. So I consider Saturday and Sunday a business day. If they get me what I need, I'm going to get their, them their program within two to three business days. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he paid the money. I send him what I need, the more in detailed questionnaires, assessments, 
um, a meal diary, everything I need, all the specifics to get him the most personalized, individualized program possible. Mm -hmm. So I wait for it. I wait for it. Tuesday swings around, which was yesterday. And I, I hit him up on Sunday and Monday. He told me he would get it to me that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I checked back on his application last night. And one of my questions, the most important question I, you know, two questions I ask is, you know, what is your main goal? And what is the biggest obstacle in your way from a standing from achieving that goal? Mm-hmm. And the biggest obstacle, you'll probably guess it, is procrastination. That's what he put. Mm-hmm. So I messaged him yesterday and I tell <laughs> everyone who signs up with me, I get going detail. I say, you know, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'm going to tell you how it is. I don't want to waste your money, your time, your effort, and I don't want to waste my time. So at the end of the day, your results are my results. So I want you to get results. I want results as much as you do or even more. Mm -hmm. So I I messaged him yesterday and I, I said to him, I said, dude, you know, what's going on? Where, you know, where's the you know, you paid the money. Shouldn't I had asked for all the things and you still haven't gotten to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I promised. I'll promise you. I'll get it to you t- tonight. So I, I, I came back and I said, let me just ask you, what is holding you back right now from getting me these forms? And he, he like avoided my question and just went straight into, you know, uh, talking about how busy he is, this and that. And then I just came back at him and I was like, man, everyone is busy. You got to choose what is important to you and the most important thing and and get it done, man. Like you came to me for a reason, for help, to change your your mindset, your body and your life. So the first step is getting me all the things you need and then I'm going to get you what you need so we can both succeed. And, And just to point to that, you know, the reason that I got into this tangent is because I told you like, you know, I'm not in it to make money like I'm in it because I love it. And when the money comes, the money comes. And, you know, down the road, it will come. And but I'm in it to help people. So I think people need to hear the truth. You know, they're coming for me to me as to be their personal coach. And, you know, a personal coach is just the biggest thing is accountability. So So, did you fire him? No, I didn't fire him. I'm keeping him on. I mean, I've, I've only fired one of, of the, all the clients I've ever had, but you know, this is just the beginning. I'm obviously going to give them the chance. I want to help them out. So we'll see what happens. But what I kind of like, look, I appreciate that. So I hope other people, I'm sure other people will listen to this is I actually kind of like the concept of you. Like, I like the idea that you go, you gave me your money. You know what? Take it back. I don't want it. You get, this is worth yeah. my time. That's something I mm-hmm. struggled with when I started my whole thing. And I haven't really been nearly as consistent as you you've been awesome actually scanning through your youtube page and i one of the things i had trouble with was like i just i wanted a client so badly that i just took everything i could and then it was a nightmare working with these people like couldn't get anything Mm -hmm. done wouldn't do what i said i was and they paid the money and i was like it's not worth it like this is this is miserable Um, Mm -hmm. uh, okay one other question for you so, and you may not want to expose your secrets on the podcast, so we can take it off the podcast if you really want <laughs> to. But I've kind of started my little social media thing, and I love your thumbnails, and I love your posts. What's the app, bro? Or iMovie? Are you using Adobe? What's the secret? Uh, can, Canva for the thumbnails. Uh-huh. I'm not, bro, I, I don't got any secrets, man. Okay. I good. know. Tell me your, non, give the tell me your non-secrets. Bro, 
listen, I'll give the, I'll give the apps, I'll give the things, but, but most won't even get it done. You know what I mean? Great. So, You're so right, but I will get it done. So I want to know what they are. Yeah, I know you will, but the rest <laughs> listening, most won't. It's so, true. That's uh, really true. That's a great point. Gary V always talks about it. You know, Gary V. Of course I know Gary V. Uh, love the guy. All right. So, uh, app for thumbnails is Canva. Yeah. It's not so pretty, but it gets the job. Done. No, it is pretty. That's what I'm saying. Um, what Speaking are you gonna do, this, dude? I, what are you doing? I, I was for, telling you've got one huh? here. Okay, so here I'm gonna ask you two questions. You got one here on your Instagram where it's like numbered, you know, what underrated things that make your life instantly better, which I totally agree with. Ah, I, I just tweet those things. So I tweet it and oh, then screenshot tweet, it. Tweet and screenshot. Yeah. I would have never thought mm-hmm. of that. Tweet and screenshot. Okay. And then the other one I was wondering about. Okay, oh, it says at Rick Fit, so you have a Twitter. I don't follow you on Twitter, so I'll have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one, other thought I had. All right, so how often, like here, okay, here it says kettlebell stability ball press. And then you've got two pictures, I think, or a video. Um, mm-hmm. And to, and, okay, no, it's a video. Does that, do you also make a separate one for YouTube, or this is just for Instagram? No, that's just for Instagram. So I do all my editing on iMovie. You do it on. Um, okay. I do it on. That's I a movie. relief because I yeah. I got the Adobe Cloud like trial, nah, bro. That. that shit is complicated. <laughs> yeah, I I sat when I was sitting with my friend last night. You know, he knows Matt Sheldon become a lead as well. And, yeah, uh, we all do. I fully respect. We're I all fully do. respect him. What he does, he's a legend. Uh, but what I told what, what I told you know my friend is like I I kind of have like a different brain. You know, like. I'm the guy that is analytical. I'm going to get you all the content that you need, but sometimes I don't deliver it in a pretty way. I that guy knows how to deliver shit in a pretty way, man. Yeah. And one thing that I, and I, when I first heard about him, so he played with me at Sac Republic and we were together and he was a training player. And he says mm-hmm. in one of his podcasts or in one of his, um, yeah, probably one of his podcasts, he goes, one of his goals was to never be in the middle in 5v2. The reason he had that goal was he was in the middle in 5v2 every day. And, wow, wow. you know, that and I, I never I always thought he was a good guy. I never thought he was a bad player. He just he wasn't in the team. Really, he was a training player, went on loan to mm-hmm. Ventura. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never really thought of him. A few years go by. I'm playing at Charlotte. He at the time, I think, signed for some USL team. I forget who it was. Or maybe he mm-hmm. went to New Zealand. Uh, I forget. And I saw that he had, you know, 400,000 followers. And I was like, what is going on? So then yeah. I looked at his content and I'm like, yo, this is be- this is really good, but like, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna do something like this. So I tried to start one. Oh my gosh, bro! I totally underestimated the work yeah, both you and he put into. And even though you say it's quote unquote not the prettiest, one of the big things I learned when I started that process and I'm somewhat restarting it now is we may think our content, like our information, is great, and it probably is. Like yours is. Yours is great. Like this one. Focus on performance goals instead of aesthetic goals. Like the way you say it will roll off the tongue and help people remember it. But if it's but ugly, which was my information when I first started, nobody cares because Mm -hmm. it's not like it's got to be aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Exactly, and that's something like I'm looking at a picture of you here holding a medicine ball, like a mini medicine ball, abs out. What makes a ball ball? White, black. Like it's great. It looks beautiful. And now I've got a big focus on a little bit of both. You know, obviously the producing the information is the part that takes like your whole career to find the information. So this part, mm-hmm. like if, let's say you're 
and this is actually not completely true. If you only produce beautiful content, the truth is you could go pretty freaking far <laughs> if it's really beautiful. for sure. For um, sure. But the combo, and you know, my parents are in film. The thing they preach all the time is they go, "What's the story? What's the story? What's the story? Like, is there a story? Mm-hmm. Everything is about a story. You got to tell a story. Yeah, right. that's their thing. Everything's about a story. And if you tell a story that's not beautiful, like in terms of its as looks aesthetically pleasing, then you know, less people will look at it. And also, oh. in fairness, too, you won't get the message across in the same way, which is something that really struck me because I was putting out information that I deemed the best thing ever in my egotistical manner. And I was like, mm-hmm. why don't I have 500,000 followers yet? And mm-hmm. obviously it was partly because probably the information isn't as amazing as I thought, or pretty much every lesson has been told. It's not like mm-hmm. you come up with now it's a new analogy or a new picture or a new thing that's different or a new exercise from time to time. But everything you said to that guy who's not working hard, those lessons have been taught before. We're not recreating the wheel here. We're just <laughs> spinning it in a different way. Um, yeah. And you, and that's the, that's the prettiness of it all. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, and to go on what you had said before, just like, that's why I think business and like comparing business and fitness and football and just overall development is so fascinating because, you know, you can, you can, uh, for example, in the beginning, like my content and it's not even close to where I want it to be. I don't even think it's that great. I appreciate all your kind words, but in the beginning, my content was crap too. Like it wasn't nice looking, but what did I do? Constantly put in the reps, 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 day after day. It's the same with technique when you're on the ball. You know, if it's not so pretty at first, what do you do? You take it very slowly. You focus on one thing at a time. You don't, you don't take it all in and tell yourself how crap you are and judge yourself. It's easier, it's, it's easier said than done, but you just keep putting in the reps and, you know, over time, it gets better. It's just bound to get better. You, re- you recognize mistakes. You see failures. You see what does well. You see what doesn't do well. And you get better. Exactly. Exactly. And I just feel like, oh, so to that note, I was wanted to ask you this. You said your content is, isn't what you want. What is your, like, what would, in, what would be your ideal? You make, you said you financially support yourself. And I'm sure you'd, you know, everybody, money is freedom. So I'm a big believer that even though people who hate money often have a bad relationship with it and there's bad things about it. But I just also mm-hmm. think like, look at you're working with clients all over the world because you agree on the concept of a green piece of paper. I think that's a pretty cool mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. But what is your like, what would be your ideal? You want more followers? You want like to hire somebody? Like what would be mm-hmm. your ideal? What, would, what do you want? All right. First of all, let's clear this, clear this up. Um, okay. You're, you're the man, and I, I really appreciate covering <laughs> all my stuff. But this podcast is about you. It's not about it's me. True, it's true. So this, I, is I last, this is the I last sentence, over. bro. I took over. This is I'm the last sorry. sentence. Okay, this is the last one. Uh, last don't one be minute. sorry, man. I want to I talk about you, bro. I know. Too bad. Uh, sorry, bro. I took over. I totally right. forgot. I blanked that we were on your podcast. I thought we were on the See Next Step Experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Yeah, I mean, dude, like, you know, what I talk about all the time in my content, I really, you know, I really embody. And, and I'm the biggest guy. Like, I love practicing what I preach. I don't like to be a hypocrite. So for me, man, like, dude, I just set end of the year goals. But I don't, I, I like hardly ever look at them. Like, I set three, six, and 12-month goals at the beginning of the year in 2020. But for me, the most important thing is to set weekly goals at the beginning of the week. 
and set daily goals to get things done. Because, you know, it's, it's the thing I always talk about. It's process goals versus outcome goals. Yes, you want to make six figures, but you got to reverse engineer to do the things every day, the monotonous, boring tasks to the, get to the six figures. And it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a lot of hard work, a lot of grinding, uh, a lot of nights where you don't want to do things, a lot of days where you don't want to do the, the monotonous, the boring editing, but you have to do it because that's what's going to get you there. And a lot of people, they don't see the direct connection, but doing the simple things day after day consistently is what is going to get to the, the masterpiece. You know, there's this guy, James Clear. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He wrote Atomic Habits, one of the best, best books I've ever read. So I recommend that. Shout out James Clear, Atomic Habits. Uh, he's got some great YouTube videos. You could even just search Atomic Habits on YouTube. He talks. Is it T-O-M? One, one, Atomic. Atomic. A-T-O-M. Got it. Habits. Atomic Habits. Uh, one of the best talks that I listened to on YouTube with him is him talking about small changes every single day. He's talking with a ba- uh, at a basketball conference. Um, and one thing, you know, he always talks about, one thing that he does, you know, he, He's written, I think, a couple books. Every day, he sets a time in his calendar to sit down and write 500 words. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, you know, he, he sets the time. Let's say it's, it's 8 a.m. Okay, he's going to sit down. He's not going to get up from his chair until he writes 500 words. And he doesn't care. Like, he doesn't sit and ponder the thoughts what it's going to be about. He just writes. But where does he get all his ideas? He gets his ideas just from like walking around day to day and just being mindful of his surroundings. He writes things in his notepad. Then when he goes to sit at his desk, he, pick, he picks one topic, writes 500 words. That's it. Boom. Over time, that's what compiles into a book. That's what makes up his blog. You know, over time, doing that habit of writing 500 words every day consistently adds up. But people just see, oh, uh, the best-selling book on Amazon. But they don't see all the hard work that he's put in for many years, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. When we put out – it's a really cool concept. When when we put out content, that content, gaining the information you have through the nutrition and and the education that you went through, that part is difficult. That takes like – so say a Mm 12-year-old wants to be Insta-famous and he's like, I'm going to give great Mm -hmm. content. He probably doesn't know very much. Some 12-year-olds do. But he just exactly. He just you got to learn first. Yet. But the idea mm-hmm. that he could produce pretty content, you know, he could maybe he's a good editor and he could do it. But that's why it's cool to have both. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm done. For sure. There you go. Take over. And, and just the last one is um, for me, man. I don't want to become Instagram famous. I don't want to this. I don't want to that. I just want to, like I told you, I want to help people make their lives better, make other people's lives better. I just want people to. Look at health and fitness, football, developing as a, as, a, as a player and a person in a different way. Because I think there's a negative aura around a lot of this stuff. Um, and at the end of the day, for me, man, like as long as I can look myself in the mirror at the end of the night and say that I was true to myself and true to my heart and I didn't beat around some bush just to make some quick buck, then I'll be fine, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, after 30 minutes, um, <laughs> I just, I want to talk about, you know, your, your journey to your first contract. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, I guess that's fair. You gave me you gave me what I wanted. You gave me secrets. <laughs> Um, so I, uh, let's see, how far back should I go? Um, I grew up, uh, no, that's, I'm going to start here. I, when I was, I was listening to Jared's podcast and Jared Odenbeck, who's an awesome guy, he was heavily recruited by a bunch of top schools. This leads me to another question I want to ask you, but I'll hold off, is that, uh, that was not the case for me pretty much until I was a senior. In fact, I played JV soccer when I was a junior. Wow. Um, part of that actually had to do with I was transferring high school, so you were, I wasn't eligible. Um, mm-hmm. But it actually was really helpful because I had a really good highlight video. Nobody really knew. I was also playing the highest level of club below academy. And kind of being the big fish in the little pond was really mm, helpful. Very interesting. Career. Really helpful. Big fish, little pond concept was huge for me. Uh, so then I was, you know, a maniac like many of you may be, although I would say I was I was more than most. I slept yeah, with too, the ball. Man. Yeah, you were too. That's why we're here. But I slept <laughs> with the ball. I wore a Chelsea jersey to school every day thinking that if I got more used to the clothes than my opponents, that I would somehow be better. And I wore that until I was 17. And wow. I wore it so often that on the back of my shirt, instead of saying Drogba, it said Dogba because the R <laughs> had come off. And for whatever reason, I chose the biggest, strongest black guy as my role model. And I'm five, six, white, Jewish guy. And <laughs> there was a game in particular where Drogba was playing against Arsenal and two Arsenal players like jumped on his back and instead of falling over, he like continued on and scored a goal in the FA Cup final, I think. And from then on, it was dog buff for the rest of my life. So I would bring a ball to Temple. Like, I was, I, was, I was really obsessed. And I don't know where that came from, but it came early on. And I had a brother who's very gifted uh, from a young age at playing soccer. And so he and I would play together in the backyard all the time. So anyways, I end up um, staying after practice every day when I was playing club in a drive that was like two hours away. And that's just how it had to be, given where I grew up. And uh, I would stay afterwards thinking like, oh, you know, if they need me, like, I'll be here just in case. And honestly, it was probably unrealistic. However, he saw me there every day. And then the following year, I went to tryouts and he told me no. And I thought, well, that sucked. And I continued playing. And then the following year, my senior year, he told me yes. So I played. So this was the varsity coach? No, sorry. This was academy. So there was. The, the JV, I played JV because I transferred high schools. And mm-hmm. then if you play academy, you can't play high school, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, Which academy was this? Uh, it was called at the time the New York Cosmos West. So wow. the New York Cosmos were in the NASL at the time. And they had started an academy. They thought, oh, we'll just have one in New York and one in L.A. And we can recruit kids from both. And that was kind of their message. And... Mm-hmm which was really, really interesting. And so I go try out for the academy team when I'm playing JV soccer and they go, no. And so then I played for like, I guess what would be considered the B academy team, but wasn't considered academy. It was called club and that whole thing. So then the following year, he says, yes, we want you. And that guy's a guy named Dan Couchman, who's the assistant coach at Toronto. And talking about the ladder, we'll get to that ladder in a second is so I played that year and what was really a big step for me and this is something 
you can relate to because you've played abroad is for us when we're 15, 16, we never have any experience with the first team. Like we don't even see a mm-hmm. professional team unless you go to the Galaxy game and it's so separate that you don't, you can't relate to it. And mm-hmm. when I was growing up, I thought David Beckham like was an average professional. Like I didn't rate him as like as highly as I would now. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh, I'm going to be like way better than David Beckham. And when I was playing uh, with the Cosmos, they were hinting at like, you know, if you do good here, we're going to bring you up to the first team. And I thought, well, that's amazing. Like I've never, I could be a pro now. Like that would be amazing. And unlike some other families, my parents never played soccer. My dad's a surfer. Um, And they were like, look, we want you to go to school because that's important, but we'll help Mm -hmm. you any way we can. And so we started looking abroad to go to school and play soccer, which is usually a bad thing because if you want to go to school and play soccer abroad, the soccer is not very good. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know that. So that was the reason I transferred high schools because there was a diploma called International Baccalaureate that would allow you to go to school abroad, basically. And as it wow. turned out, that IB program was really hard. It was school mm-hmm. on the weekend. It was they send your grades like to all over the world to get graded in South Africa and all these things. And it was hor- I did. I did terrible. And wow. but the head of the program was the men's soccer coach for the high school. So he wanted me to transfer. And so I went through all that. And then what happened was, and this was cool to me, at the Cosmos, they were playing a, and you can look it up to confirm it, but they were playing a testimonial match against Paul Scholes. It was like his, mm-hmm. they decided to put a, put a team together to play against Paul Scholes for his last game. And what they did was they, they saw, they had Patrick Vieira, Nicky Butt, and then they took, so superstars like that. And then they took a couple kids from our team, a couple youth kids. And I, there was this one kid on our team, his name was Marvin, and he was the academy player of the year that year. And I just remember thinking, like, he was a man amongst boys. Like, he was a grown-up, and we were kids. And he was uh, same position as I was, but we would play next to each other. And he was, he was amazing, like, really amazing. And then he played against that game against Manchester United, who put out a full team, um, Nani and Paul Scholes and like a, a real team. And I saw Nani blow by him like he wasn't even there. And I thought, what? Like, that guy destroys us. I don't even know humans can do such a thing. Mm-hmm. And that finally put me on the page of like, okay, Manchester United's clearly a high level. But, you know, my, that teammate Marvin, I thought, look, he's playing against Manchester United. He just needs like one good pass and he's going to get signed by an MLS team. And mm-hmm. that did happen. He was signed by Chivas. Wow. Wow. And, Still playing uh, this guy? His name's Marvin Irohita. He's dropped off the face of the earth. I have no idea where he is. Wow. Um, when did he start, did it start playing? I don't know. He signed for Colorado. It was a tough situation because he was over here, didn't speak, like, very good English. He was brought, like, as a kind of like a 14-year-old from some country in Latin America. And they mm-hmm. kind of saved his life bringing him here, but he didn't get a high school wow. education. And wow. it was a tough, but he was really good at a very young age. And then I don't, mm-hmm. I don't actually know what happened. He was a really nice kid, too, like super innocent, like content. Yeah, sure. Same personality mm-hmm. as content and very similar style, as a matter of fact. And so then I'm like, okay, wow. And I did skip over this part. When I was like 14, 15, actually, I was 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Every summer, I would go to Fulham. And I went over wow. with an American team when I was like 14 under this coach named Dan Metcalf. 
who is an awesome guy and my mentor. And it's really helpful. I'm sure you've had it too. Somebody believes in you. Like he believed in me. Mm -hmm. I was 14. No team would take me in my area. No team. Mm -hmm. And I was really short and I'm ginormous now. No, I'm, I'm still not that tall. And nobody would take me there. And he said, look, I like Zev's craziness or ethic or whatever. And so he signed me to his U18 team, which is the only team he wow. had. And I was 14. So, wow. and I remember there's a footage of me and like the ref was like, no, you, he can't play. Like it's dangerous because yeah. I was really, I was really small. And mm -hmm. then the coach was like, I don't care. Like he's playing. And that changed everything for me, meeting this coach. He, wow. he believed in me. He said, you could do it. So we went over, they won Dallas cup. They were the best team in the nation. And so instead of playing Dallas cup again, they decided, look, we're going to go to England and play against a bunch of teams. So they brought us to Fulham and West Ham. And I went on trial with like the young kids, like the 14 year olds. And at Fulham, I did a good job. Um, and they liked me, but they told me, look, you don't have a European passport. So it doesn't really matter. Like, unless you play for the national team in the next four years. Mm -hmm. And so you have to play 70% for the senior national team. Like we cannot sign you. And I thought, Whoa. well, that really sucks. And as it turns out, Clint Dempsey was there at the time. And Whoa. I was a very, uh, my parents are very, you know, uh, aggressive and ambitious, not aggressive in a bad way, but you know, if you want something, you ask for it. So I found Clint Dempsey when I was there and I said, Hey, I'm American. You're American. What do I do? Like, you don't have a European passport. How did you get here? And he told mm -hmm. me about this thing that they did at the time called Tribunal, which is where basically the reason they don't want European, non-European passports to, to come here is because you take a job from a native Englishman mm -hmm. or whatever country you're in. Like, you're in Israel. Now you're an Israeli. So you're one of them. Mm -hmm. But before then, they don't want you around. So he said, look, they put a vote in. Because he had like 80% or 50% for the national team. But they also basically deemed that if he played in England, he would make the whole country more money. That's what you have to prove. Mm -hmm. That you're worth more than the people there. Yeah. So he actually gave me a ride home that day. And that was amazing. <laughs> wow. Um, so then I'm there and I basically told him, look, I will come here on my own dime if you allow me to come here every summer until you tell me I can't. Which was basically 18. And I thought, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to get some footage. And my dad was very persistent. He's like, let me record Zeb because we need it for the Heisel video so we can have it for college. And I thought, mm -hmm. I'm going to do good here. I did score a couple goals. I played against Norwich. There's a bunch of players I played with who now play. One of them plays for Lyon. The other one plays for City. Wow. They had like a killer group. At the time, though, they were like playing up. And gosh, they were really – Emerson Heidman, he plays for Atlanta now. Oh, wow. Um, mm -hmm. Like, he was there, and he was two years younger than me and technically, like, so mature. It was really amazing. I remember we were doing, a, like, a ping drill, and mm -hmm. I was very persistent. I was like, look, I was messing up the pings. And if you mess up the pings, then the mm -hmm. tempo of the drill goes down. And I felt horrible mm -hmm. every time I pinged it. But I was like, look, I'm not going to stop pinging it, even though I feel terrible. Like, I need to ping it like these people. And they eventually told me, stop. You got to get better. Yeah, and they said, stop, stop. You wow. messed up too many times. And that hit me hard, really hard. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I kept going, and then I played in a couple games. I did good. It was really cool. But ultimately, that ended. So to answer your question, how it led to my first contract, is that highlight video did not get me any Fulham highlight. It did not get me, like, national team call-ups. I went to one U.S. national team camp, actually, having played academy, but nothing came of it. 
And mm-hmm. most people told me I was small. You know, like anything else, if you are in the right place at the right time and you play well, mm-hmm. good things happen. On the other end, you know, if you're messy, people figure out who you are. I'm not. That's not what I do. I pass the ball really well. I'm not dribbling mm-hmm. players. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that I make a group a lot better. So then I played college and I got basically recruited to college. No different than the way I got recruited to play professionally is I went to an open combine at a university called Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. They were in the big 10 and they offered me a verbal agreement. They said, we're going to sign you. That was division one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. But they said, you're going to be like the 30th guy on the roster. And you know, we rate you, but not that much. Then about a week before I was meant to like commit, they took it out from under me and they said, wow. Oh, we changed our mind. And I was like, well, that's not good. So <laughs> I went to their camp that, that year, and that's how they found me. And there was another school there called Valparaiso University, which is a school mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. I'm from Malibu, which is a very prestigious place. And mm-hmm. the coach came up to me and said, look, I'm not going to pitch you Valpo because you'll, like, you'll never want to move there. And I was like, pitch me. Like, I'm crazy. Just pitch me. And yeah. He pitched me, and they had a reserve team. And I thought, that sounds just like Fulham. Like, that's professional. Like, that sounds like it makes sense. As it turns out later, mm-hmm. it did make sense. But mainly, when a college team has a reserve team, it's to bring in more tuition money. And the players yeah. vary on their level. So, anyways, he pitched me. I went on an official visit, and it was the most amazing place I'd ever been to. Wow. Not in terms of its beautifulness. It was nowhere Valpo is what it's called. But mm-hmm. the atmosphere that the coach created, the head coach guy named Mike Avery, he became like mm-hmm. my second mentor after wow. Dan and was like, look, I believe you. Now, the school was super expensive. It was like $60,000. It was a private uh, Lutheran school. The most donated wow. Lutheran school in the country with the biggest chapel in the Midwest. And wow. also, I'm Jewish. So I'm like, you know, that's kind of weird. And yeah. funny enough, this, you'll find this funny, Eric. They actually had two Orthodox Jews playing for their team. Oh my god! Um, which was wow. really funny. Anyways, and like I would, I would uh, at this school, they would be like, "Hey, it's Shabbat! Like, come over for Shabbat." <laughs> so I would have Shabbat at Valpo. Yeah. It was hilarious. Wow! wow. So then uh, I tell the coach, "Look, I can't afford to come to the school. I can pay half, maybe." And he offered me a full ride. Wow! Um, and I was like. That oh dude, hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I got you. I got you. You back? Yo, yeah. What happened? You all right? I don't know. It's just, yeah, I'm good. It just said ah. like it's disconnected, and then it, anyways, we're back. Okay. So, um, I was like, wow, full ride. Like that changes my life forever, basically. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, that's, that's 250 grand over four years. That's like mm-hmm. a big chunk of money. For so sure. um, that was it. So I signed for them. And then I actually, my freshman year, like I didn't play the first half of the season. I played for the reserve team. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through that season, he called me up to the first team. And then I was ranked like top 100 freshman. Wow. Good, good, good. Tore my ankle. Missed mm-hmm. the end of the season. We missed out on the tournament. And then the following four years, was like really good for the team and for me and the school. We were ranked top 25 and I did really well and I was ranked again and blah, blah, blah. So then what really helped, and I know know at some point we have to go here, but to make this long story longer is I was – one of the things that's really important for everyone out there, I'm sure 
they've heard it from other people that you've had is you have to basically no different than like when you graduate school if you haven't had an internship like mm-hmm. unless you're like the best engineer you you're not going to get hired like you need mm. a connection so very, I was like, very good okay. uh analogy yeah so i need a connection so in the summers i went and played pdl because pdl is actually like closer to pro than college is until you become like a, a senior and you can get drafted mm-hmm. so i was like where should i go and i looked up this is what i did i looked up every single pdl team and then i looked up every pdl team with a connection to a usl team and then every pdl team with a connection to a um mls team and i thought okay well i need to be on an mls team so i can go pro wait so, so no one no one did this for you you did this all yourself you did the research 100 <laughs> percent. who was gonna do it for me who was i'm just i'm just making a joke man. yeah i know i know i know I <laughs> no, um, it, just, it just shows you know it just yeah yeah uh, just so, to and point all- out to these to the to these listeners, especially the young guys, you know, there's a guy. I don't know if you've seen him. You probably heard of him, Spencer Mueller. I'll look him up. Yeah, he he he's another you know big YouTuber. He he did something very very great. Uh, he he put like together. Uh, this is something me and you would do. Um, he put together all the lists of like USL teams. I think NISA teams. He's doing it now for like division four in Germany and five in Germany. Like he's putting everything together so people don't have to go out there and search for everything. They Dude, could do I had that idea. It's a great idea. Soccer Way, that website kind of does it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. Good for it's a very, very, I'm looking him up now. I'll look that up because yeah, that, for sure. I was thinking in, Soccer way basically did it, so I was kind of like, all right, I won't. Yeah, but they don't do it where like they don't do it where like you could just download an an Excel sheet and and it's there, you know. True, true, true. You have to look up. It's true. Yeah, you. I know what you mean. The thing is, does he do the coaches that he puts up? Who's coaching there? I think because I think he puts the coaches. I think he puts the emails. I don't know. You know, we'll have to talk about it after. We'll have to download both and see. Yeah, no, I would definitely. It's a great concept, and I'm looking Mm -hmm. at his stuff now. Yeah. Um, okay. All so, right. So back on to it. You know, you, you okay, started, so, you wanted right. to go to MLS. So you right, okay, up so I, wanted, I knew that I needed an internship mm-hmm. with a team connected to MLS. So at first, the best thing I could do was find the best PDL team that like won a lot. And that was kind of where my resume was at the time. And mm-hmm. honestly, that was like, my coach had a connection there, my college coach. So I went to Des Moines Menace. Yeah. They're going to at some point be USL. They're like, a good PDL team and they mm-hmm. paid for housing and they paid, you know, they paid some of the guys and they just, it was great. It was great. And it was in Iowa, the middle of Des Moines, <laughs> uh, which was a cool place. Actually, it was fun. I met a lot of people. And as Jared mentioned, who you meet, you know, I think the power of people is just like so amazing. Yeah. Like no we said in the beginning, bro, you know, yeah. about the power no matter of what you do, no matter what you do, you can't do it without someone else. So of course, like that's just the way, way it is. So, then uh, I play there. Uh, I do okay. But the coach there is a guy named Mike Jeffries, who eventually signed yeah, me okay. in the USL. Uh-huh. Um, so this is that ladder we were talking about. So then I go play at Seattle Sounders the following season. And then because of that, they're looking to draft me out of wow. my senior year. Or so I was told. I spoke to the assistant coach a couple times and blah, blah, blah. I was not drafted. And I went to a couple like in, invitation MLS combines. I went to Philadelphia Union and what was the other one? 
uh, Colorado or something like that, or Columbus, I think. And I did good, but, you know, we did, like, a, a fitness test, like, not conditioning, but, like, a 40 and, like, a jump. Mm-hmm. And I did not do well on those tests. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's a bummer. But you know what? When we go play soccer, like, it won't matter. Yeah. And I played, and, you know, you've had the days. You're like, I killed it today. Like, mm-hmm. I was the guy. Uh, and then they drafted some other people at the same combine. I was like, what? Like, what? But I've learned over the years that's typical. You're best getting over that because of course. And you never know. Maybe that kid played a really good game and they were just confirming him. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, didn't get drafted. And then the whole process that I did in college started again, which was go to combines. So mm-hmm. I must have gone to six to eight combines between graduating in December. That's nothing I'd recommend is I think having an education is super important. Just it doesn't even matter. Here's a good example. Do you know who? Um, Servando is on the galaxy. He's married to Alex Morgan. Yeah, I think I heard of him. Okay, even if you haven't, he's played in the MLS for five years, right? He played with Orlando. He's got a hundred caps in the MLS. Mm-hmm. How much money do you think he's making at the galaxy? Probably 300. Right, he's making 70 grand. No, still, yes, nah. Look it up, look a, it up. A My year brother. No, a year, bro. Wow. And he starts? Look it up. And he, no, he doesn't play for the Galaxy. Okay. Like, he's on the team, but he doesn't play. Okay. But so he's chilling. The thing is, no, but he's not chilling because <laughs> if in any career, you were there for five years. Yeah. And you're thinking, I'm an MLS person. Now I make, and, you know, 70 grand to some people is a lot of money. But to be at the highest level of American soccer and you've been a, you're a veteran, mm-hmm. like, that's terrible money. That's terrible. Of course. Um. Now he's married to Alex Morgan, so it probably doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not but, but, you know, my brother who's in finance, he's the one who found that out. And I was like, dude, that's insane. So the point is, is that even if that guy's going to have to do something when he's done playing, like mm-hmm, he's not. Mm-hmm. And even if Daniel Starris, who plays every minute for the Galaxy right now, he's making 120 and he lives in Santa Monica with a roommate. Like, wow. you. This the MLS. Even if unless even if there's lockdown, you're gonna want to do something afterwards. Of course, like you're just gonna want to. So, anyways, I'm a big believer in education. So you should graduate in December. That way, you can get drafted or go on trial because that's when the timeline is. So graduate. Yeah, very good. Take tip. summer classes. Take summer classes. Graduate a semester early because then you can leave with your degree. Um. Lastly, so I can get to answering your question, I went to a bunch of combines. I actually ended up finding an agent at one of these combines, which be, I've had mixed relationships, as I'm sure many of your people have. Mm-hmm. And he was like, look, I'm going to help you. As it turned out, uh, I got invited to a couple other preseasons here and there, but nobody offered a contract at the combine. And then I was doing like Jared mentioned this. I was doing research like, which team do I think would like my style? Yeah, I like that. that. I really like that point. Yeah, that was Jared's point. I thought that was really smart. And I was. I was like, with this coach, and sometimes you can't tell and you don't know. But what you can try and do is figure out, maybe it's hard to tell what style they have when they play unless they're super playing or they're super direct. Mm -hmm. Usually they're somewhere in between. But if you can get to know the coach somehow, read about them, hear about them from someone else, then you can go, you know what, I think this guy might – or maybe you can meet him at a combine. So one of the things I would say is when you go to a combine, the mindset of I'm here for them is not a good mindset. 
You want the mindset that I'm just as, as much as they're interviewing me, I'm here to interview them. I want to know if I would enjoy playing for them. Because if mm-hmm. you're not going to enjoy playing for them, it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having a choice between like three preseasons. Seattle, I think, like some team in the USL that doesn't exist anymore, and Sacramento. And Sacramento mm-hmm. had just won the championship. So, okay, they were the best. But more importantly, this guy Preki, who was the coach at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was the Hall of Fame, and there was at one point odds that he was going to go to Leicester and coach. Where's he at now? And he's the assistant at the Sounders now. Okay. But he disappeared for like, he disappeared off the face of the earth for a while. And, anyways, he was like, the way he played and the way he was pitching, you know, how he saw, he didn't talk very much, but he was like, I really like the fact that I would run into a wall and my technique. And he didn't care. This was really helpful. You know, if you're, and I, I've said this to Jared before, if you go to a Wake Forest or a Stanford, your life has changed forever. You are mm-hmm. in a class of people that until you die, you will remain in that class. Mm-hmm. Where if you don't, and I didn't, and I don't think you did, mm-hmm. we're kind of forever in our, for our whole lives, whether or not we agree or disagree, we will be seen as grinders. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. they will be seen as the genius elite. Even if it's, yeah, very good you know, point. even now, Jared, Jared will tell you, look, that's not the case. And, you know, we're, equal, we're the same, but it doesn't matter because in America, if you go to yeah. the UCLA's, the Stanford's, it, you're different. And I don't disagree completely. They're really smart people most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, also, anyways, you know, even if it's not thought of, it's still in the subconscious. You know, it's still in the mind. 100%. 100%. So, totally, that's a great point. So then I was like, okay, um, I, you know, have a resume. I played college. I did good. But, you know, I didn't play at one of these major schools. And Preki didn't care. Preki mm-hmm. was like, I don't That's care. All I care about is seeing you play today. I don't That's care about awesome. your resume. And I'll tell you now for anybody listening, if you do go to one of those schools and you're going on trials, say it all the time. Say, mm-hmm. I went to Wake Forest. I went to Wake Forest. Because it will get you a contract just for because sure. you went to one of those big schools. If you haven't, then you know, you're going to have to go through kind of what I went through, a bunch of combines, all these things. And then hopefully you find a mentor. So Preki kind of became the third guy. He was like, come to preseason my agent actually the owner of my agency was the gm of sacramento which is definitely wow. illegal um <laughs> and i don't think that exists anymore but so basically my agent was able to tell me like every day i was on trial like Preki said this Preki said this do this and that mm. was really helpful for um, sure and then uh, i was at preseason 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 Last day. So how did you get this trial at Sacramento? It was an open combine or it was, it was an, an invite? open, straight open combine at Ventura County Fusion. I'll never forget. Okay. It was my last one. My groins, not so different to Jared, had yeah. been through a lot because yeah. these combines are not built like you're not meant to play three hours of games a day, no. twice, two days in a row. These no. are not built for health. They are built. No, not majority. built for the player. Exactly. Built so, for the team. I had gone, and I didn't consider any of that. I was like, I'll go to as many as I can. Like, I'll fly anywhere I can. I'll yeah, spend cool. all my money. This is what I'm doing. I was, it was this or nothing. It was, and that made mm-hmm. it easy. I have a bunch of friends who are like, well, I kind of like this. Yeah. It was, I didn't That's have a great choice. point. It wasn't like, That's a great point. It wasn't you were all in. I was all in, but I was also, I would say, like, let's say you're one of those people who you don't know if you're all in. Honestly, I can't tell you I was all in because I made the decision. Like, I'm going to, you know, write 500 words and I don't want to. I was all in because I was born. I was a born all in. Like, mm. I just wanted it. Um, it was destiny in a sense, I would say. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now that said, I've done a lot of things in between that time. Like I didn't want to cold call coaches and get rejected over the phone. I didn't enjoy that process, but I did enjoy knowing that it would lead to this. And you've probably read that book relentless, which is like, basically it doesn't really matter if you like what you do. If you love the goal so much, you'll do everything else in between. Mm-hmm. And that definitely was part of it. So go to this open combine. I literally kick a ball for 30 minutes. He hadn't even seen me play yet. And they came up to me and like, okay, we're interested. Like we're going to invite you to the invitational combine in a month. And I was like, that's insane. Like what? Like it just didn't, sometimes these combines don't make any sense. And I had gone to combines before where I killed it. Like Jared said, and you know, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're like, come to the invite. So just so people know, you're very rarely going to get signed from an open combine because you're not playing against people that are going, that you're going to play against. Like it's a bad representation of the player you are. Like if you kill it at an open combine, basically that says that you're better than a person who maybe has never played soccer, which is, you know, good. That's a start. Then an mm-hmm. invitation combine still is only saying, if you do good here, we'll invite you to preseason because mm-hmm. you still haven't played against players who are actual pros. So then I got invited to the invite thing, did good or did whatever they felt they were looking for. I was also fortunate because timing wise, they were, they wanted 15 new players. That's like a half a team there. It wasn't like well, they only needed two or three guys. So there was like, eight of us on trial and they ended up signing all of us mm-hmm. um, that they invited to the invite combine. And I know you have to, or you have to roll soon. So shut me up when you have to go. Um, I want, I want to just, after this, I just want to cover a couple of things and then, you know, yeah. we got, okay. I think we got 15 minutes. Yeah. I'm good. If you're good is the thing is then I uh, have this game against UCSB and this was a pivotal moment for me because UCSB was like the god school of California. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. they throw tacos. And I played against UCSB in college. And there was a player at the time named Emma Boateng. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the fastest human I'd ever witnessed. Like I was like, this person is. And there were rumors he was going to go to City, you know, from college. Wow. Wow. And you're like, what? And it turns out he went to Helsingborg, which I know now very well. Where's he at now? Now he plays. Oh, he got traded to D.C. But he played at Galaxy after all. Yeah, played at Galaxy. What happened, he's a great, just a side note, is just shows like what happens when you play abroad. He killed it in college. So good. He gets signed by a, it was Super Eton in Sweden. And mm-hmm. as it turns out, he played with an American guy that brought me here. And wow. he, he, he didn't play at all in Helsingborg. Didn't play like mm-hmm. any. And he was so athletic. Goes to the Galaxy and destroys. Like Unreal. just murders fast, quick, love them. And it just shows like Sweden can be slightly more technical sometimes or coach mm-hmm. or this. And that's just football for you. So anyways. Yeah. And just like uh, you said, you know, the, you know, one of the most important things, like you said, is knowing the style of the coach, you know, cause sometimes you'll fit the style. Sometimes you won't. And you know, it, it, it football is an opinion game. So some coaches will love your style and some won't. So it's about experimenting. Right. It is. It's about experimenting. And if you enjoy, I think it's really if you don't enjoy like the process of traveling or getting mm-hmm. even being rejected and you don't see oh, like, each, then it's really difficult to like, it's hard to, it's relate, related to like relationships with women. If of you course. don't love like chasing the woman, like if you don't like the game, it's going to mm-hmm. be really hard unless you're just beautiful in some cases, like if you're just mm-hmm. super talented then you don't have to, but many of the rest of us may have to. So I end up, um, 
playing against UCSB with Sacramento Public, which said a lot for me because, you know, I was I went to the UCSB camp. They made me the all-star of the camp, and they never offered anything. Like, they were never interested. And they kind of like at the camp, they were like, clearly he was the best one here, but we don't want him, so we'll give him this prize so he won't bother us. And that really made me sad because that was like a place I wanted to go. And now I'm playing against them with Sacramento Republic. I get an assist. And like, that's the day I signed my contract to go pro, um, which was really cool. Sounds good, my man. Uh, was really cool. And then, so that's how I, that's the answer. That was the very long version of how I went and signed my first contract. <laughs> awesome, my man. Awesome. So okay. we got we got ten minutes. Let's just you know I've never done this before, but let's you know let's make it a it's a first time for everything. First so time. I'm like I'm a first time guy. I took over your podcast. I'm sure that was kind of a first time. <laughs> of course, bro. So let's let's wait. Hold on. I think I just got a text that I have training it. Let me just check this Hebrew real quick. Oh, Hebrew. Good for you, bro. Oh no, it's all good. It's all good. Okay. Uh, Are you learning? So we got you ten minutes. What they're saying. No, Google Translate. Oh, we got oh, 10 minutes. Be- Screw that. All right, let's go. Um, <laughs> so this is what I want to cover real quick. I want to cover your nutrition. I want to cover your gym work. And I want to re- uh, cover a little bit, you know, technical, tactical work. And then mm-hmm. recovery. Uh, okay. So let, let, let's jam that. it. Okay, let's do uh, it. So, so nutrition, nutrition. Uh, you know, let's uh, hear a quick two-minute take. Quick take. I watched this documentary called Game Changers. Oh, no. Basically says, <laughs> basically says, vegan is the way to go. Um, however, I experimented that for two months or so, and I've come to the conclusion that my my thesis for when it comes to nutrition is whatever thing, whatever you think you're eating enough vegetables, have more vegetables. Mm. And then you know, uh, I don't count. I've counted my calories many times, so I'm pretty familiar with it. But what was your experience? Uh, what's that? What was your experience with that? With counting calories? Uh, yeah. It was took forever, and I didn't like doing it. Mm-hmm. But um, it allowed me to figure out, you know, there was a point where I wanted to gain a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I know what I know the numbers. Like, it's just math. Of course. Basically. You take in more than you burn, and you gain mm-hmm. weight. It's, of course. There's nothing else to it. Um, so I wanted to gain a lot of weight. I gained way too much weight at the time. Peanut mm-hmm. butter is a secret weapon when it comes to that. For sure. And... Uh, I find that if I'm thinking a little bit now about your clientele or who might be listening, I would say, here's a good example. If you want to learn piano, which I've started to learn, if you follow the book, you're going to quit because it's miserable. Mm -hmm. Like you don't Mm -hmm. want, but if you go, I want to learn how to play the Beatles, you're going to learn maybe a couple things the wrong way, but you're going to learn some piano. Like you're going to learn something because you want to learn how to play the Beatles. So when it comes to food, my first instinct is with to say like, what is it that you like doing about food? Do you like like cooking with lots of pepper and salt because it tastes good? And that means you're going to eat a kale chips? Mm-hmm. Go for that. Mm-hmm. Like start with that because then also, and you know, this is like, particularly when it comes to weight, like if you don't continue it forever, like it's just, you're just going to put it back. Of course. Um, Consistency so- and, you know, just like I told you before, what I do with my clients, what I try to tell everyone is instead of counting calories, instead of weighing food, Let's let's look at this thing long term instead of short term, instead of trying to lose weight real quick, build muscle real quick, because, yeah, you can do it. But like you said, it, it you know, 
it's not sustainable. So for me, it's all about sustainability. It's about consistency over per- perfection, consistency over intensity and in whatever you do. So for me, it's about building eating behaviors and building a relationship toward food that you like, like you said, something that you can make that tastes good, that is good for you. Exactly. I completely agree. And so that would be my nutrition philosophy. More of a, basically, eat, I'm eating way more vegetables, trying eating way more raw vegetables because mm-hmm. you lose a lot of nutrition. And I do some fasting like on one day a week, I'll like fast mm-hmm. and I'll eat in the evening. A 24 hour? Um, no, no, no. I'll do like one meal that day. So I'll fast okay. for eight, six to eight hours. Um, but to be honest, I do it. I'm a really, and this is to jump onto your next point, which is like the gym. I'm a really a big believer more recently, particularly in how is it that I feel on the day? Like if I go, Mm -hmm. I don't want to swallow my vitamins today. Like I just feel like I'm going to gag. Then I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't swallow them. I do it every other day. Or Mm -hmm. if I go to the gym and I go today, it's supposed to be deadlifts. And I go, my, my butt, my left butt cheek is really sore. Then Mm -hmm. I don't do deadlifts. Mm-hmm. I do a different exercise. Very important. So, Listening to the body. Right. And I used to never do that. I used to be like, paper says deadlifts. Yep, I'm supposed yep. to do deadlifts. I'm going to do deadlifts. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's not worth it. And you don't, you don't really get that much better as a soccer player in the gym one day. Like, it yeah, not it's, it's more, you know, doing that, like you said, you know, it's more detrimental. It's worse for you than, than you know, actually doing it. One thing I will say, because I, I know we're wrapping up soon, is... I look at your site and other sites because I want in my head like an encyclopedia of exercises. Mm-hmm. So when I prepare to go to the gym, things will come into my head and go, oh, I want to do functional today. Oh, there's a good exercise. Or And something that I really like is, you know, I like weights and things. But I want to go, okay, what movement do I do when I play soccer? Oh, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I hit somebody with my hand, but it's usually it's, – I never like use the – I use my shoulder. So what's like, what's a movement that's similar and how do I create balance? So do exactly. I go to pose the ball and do I close my eyes? And mm-hmm. it's, it's a balance though. Cause you got to build strength and that, that stuff yep. is strength, but not as much as say deadlifting. So yeah. Movement specificity. What was the other one? Nutrition. Uh, um, so nutrition, uh, we covered gym and now yeah. I want to just cover recovery, you know, sleep, foam oh, rolling. Okay. I know you do yoga, uh, meditation, yeah. things like that. Yeah, I would say uh, probably like everyone else, I'm not as consistent as everything is maybe. Actually, no, I disagree with that. I, no I, one's yeah, perfect, I man. No one's perfect, but I listen to the body. I'm perfect in my imperfection. But the point mm-hmm. is that I feel like some days I'll meditate, some days I won't, but I kind of do it when I feel it. The main thing on it, this is different because uh, I think my other answers are typical to everyone else. Yeah, you should sleep eight hours. Yeah, yes, love that. You should go to sleep early, wake up early, don't look at your phone. You should do all those things and uh, something I'm working towards. But what's really been new to me, and this is a little bit, I would say, woo-woo. Like, mm-hmm. I, uh, love, I love the woo-woo and the woo-woo. You like the I woo-woo? Like, okay. I, I, I don't like normalcy, woo-woo. bro. Good. This is very woo-woo. So I've become – I've had a lot of injuries in my career, and I think a lot of it is, has been due to stress, not necessarily in terms of like um, – physical stress some of it certainly is like work too much on one particular mm-hmm. muscle but i think subconsciously and mm-hmm. i can say it now because when i go to training now i'm much more relaxed than i have been in the past cool. is i would feel this tremendous pressure and this is what we're encouraged by the gary v's of the world and you mm-hmm. know jared mentioned that guy who just like runs his ass off no matter what mm-hmm. 
I, so that's what I was, and it drove me into the ground. You For know, sure. I, I never went through a passing drill where I was like, I'm pinging it as hard as I can, no matter what. And now, I'm in terms of recovery, one of the things I try and do is I'll get this. This is the woo-woo. I'll get this voice, and mm. it's, it always feels like it's in my stomach. And mm. I'm not saying this is true for everyone else, but it's true for me. And it's like it's hard to describe. It's a feeling, and words don't do it justice. But in my best way to try and explain it, it's this feeling, in, and I feel it in my belly. And it's like eats it. It kind of eats at me, and then you ignore it through. For me, what I do is I work, work on my social media, work mm-hmm. on work out, go play soccer, watch soccer. And some people do marijuana or some people do drugs, but I work. So mm-hmm. I always thought, oh, this isn't a bad thing. But you ignore that in, in yoga, they call it a chakra, basically. But mm, love it. people don't like that word. So I choose like a, a feeling. And yeah, I have yeah, yeah. a feeling and it will eat at me. And it happens often, like let's say like yesterday in training, I defended. I wish I defended it a different way. And it eats at me for like the all hours of the day. And I think that plays a role on my recovery. And so now what I do is I will recognize that I have that and I will sit down, close my eyes, and I will find where that voice is coming from. Like I'll, I'll literally awesome. pretend like I drop a character into my throat and he goes into my belly and he goes and finds this other character who's pissed off. Mm-hmm. Like a video game. It's like a body and scan. I, like a body, very similar to a body scan, but I make it kind of playful. I go, okay, yeah. this is your, your soldier. Great, go great. find this guy who's not happy. And then we, I have a conversation with this other character in my stomach and awesome. we address the issue. And I have to say, every time it goes away a little bit faster. That's awesome. And I think that, you know, this is the last point and then I want to ask you the last question. Okay. I think that's a, that's a great, it's, you know, I, I think that's really mm-hmm. listening and, and you learn this, I'm sure, um, you know, not intentionally, but just being um, a hard worker and, and like just being an imaginative guy and being able to dig deep and, and listen to your body and your insights. But like you said, I think the most important thing that you said is you accept it. You accept the feeling, which I think is the most important uh, in terms of anything mentally, whether you're feeling anxious, whether you're feeling depressed. Sometimes you feel like you're the only one. But the truth is there are so many people going through that. You're not the only one. And most importantly, it's a temporary state. Emotion is temporary. So let it be, accept it, figure out where it's coming from, figure out why it's coming and, and, you know, sink into it. Yeah. Sink into it. Well said. Uh, last question. I want to tie this up. We're going to have to do another podcast easily. <laughs> of course. Um, last question. Three piece, two to three pieces of advice for any player listening to this podcast looking to go pro, uh, whether they're young, they're old, whether they're looking to sign a new pro contract. What do you think? Two to three pieces, best piece follow of advice, summed up the in next two minutes. Step, follow at the next step. No, I'm just kidding. Um, is, I would say, okay, the first one is there's three pillars, soccer IQ, technical, and physical. Love that. You have to do those three because you have to improve yourself. The second one would be the – Skill of reaching out as your own agent is vital because mm-hmm. what's the point of improving your soccer IQ and your technical and your physical if you don't show it off? You're not marketing yourself. People don't know who you are. And yeah. the third one and probably the most important one is 
Can you... Okay, it's going to be A and B for the third one. Enjoyment, okay, that's pretty typical. You have to love what you do. But if you're doing this, I think you do love that. So the really the third suggestion would be, can you get to a point where when a coach tells you, and this is true for me at the moment, um, or has been true, I should say. When a coach tells you that you're not good enough, mm. can you go, I am okay with that and I disagree? Mm. Or I'm okay with that and I agree. And, but you can be okay with it and not hate yourself. To mm-hmm. me, for me, that's been the biggest, those were the three I would say. And now I'm in a place where if, I, if the coach today said, look, we're not going to play, I'd go, look, that's a dumb decision but, because I'm a great player. And that's a totally different mindset to before when somebody would say, we're not going to sign. I go, they must be right. They're the coach. I must not be mm. good. And that yeah, is I very love that. different. So those are great my way to end off, man. Great way to end what? off. Thank you, my friend. Dude, thanks pleasure. so much for having you on. I got to give a uh, shout out to, I know I already did a plug, but I'm trying yeah. to copy Mr. Rick Fit here. Dude, so I'd like to tell him, in. tell him your Instagram, your Twitter. Thank you, sir. I'll put Thank it in the bio. Sir. Go on. Please do. I'll text it to you. It's I'm doing at Z next step is my Instagram and at Z next step experience is my podcast. I've been fully inspired by Mr. Rick Fit. Thank you, you, if you listen to this podcast, you can see kind of my uh, annotation is similar, but a little mm-hmm. bit different. But I am fully inspired by Mr. Rick Fit. And for those of you who are debating about purchasing a program, I have actually purchased your program. Did you know that? I purchased your program. No. And so I am a big <laughs> fan of what Mr. Rick Fit does. So I encourage everybody to buy into it okay man appreciate that my brother we'll talk soon brother have a great day yep bye peace brother i hope you guys and girls enjoyed that episode as much as i did i know i took a lot of golden nuggets out of that i learned a lot from zev really thoughtful insightful guy knows a lot about the game has a real passion or a real love for the game it's real happy to get him on and i'm sure i'll have him on for a second time like i said in the beginning zev also has a podcast of his own so if you want to check that out if you want to send him any messages ask him any questions check it out at z next step on instagram letter z next step you can also check his podcast out on youtube z next step experience if you guys enjoy the podcast, I would really appreciate if you go on iTunes and leave a review. I want to spread the word. I want to help more people out, more footballers, more people around the world, and spread the word. Have a great rest of the weekend. Peace.